Welcome to Flashback, a podcast by the Okaloosa County Public Information Office. Get ready to dust the nostalgia off your sleeve as we talk with Okaloosa citizens who share with us how things used to be. I'm your host, Nick Tomacek. It's time to step into your imaginary DeLorean, tap your flux capacitor, and flashback. Welcome to another episode of Flashback. Today's subject is about a place you've probably driven through at least a hundred times. This is a small rural town in North Okaloosa County that's lined with churches, has its own water system, and a handful of residences along streets named like Etta Garrett Road and Bessie Griffith Road. Milligan, though seemingly indescript and overlooked, was once the county seat of Okaloosa County. So... What's so important about a county seat, you may ask? Well, when Okaloosa County was formed in 1915 by the state, it needed a designated county seat. These are places where county government business can be taken care of. Most counties in the U.S. have only one county seat, but there are exceptions. Connecticut, Rhode Island have no county level of government, and thus do not have county seats. There are 67 counties in the state of Florida. Florida became a territory of the U.S. in 1821 with two counties retained as a Spanish territory, Escambia to the west and St. John's to the east, and they were divided by the Suwannee River. All the other counties were created from these two original counties, Florida becoming the 27th U.S. state in 1845. In Florida, county seats typically have a courthouse at a town square, of the current 67 counties and one historic county, 31 counties have changed their county seat at least once, and Okaloosa County is one of these. Our county was created from a portion of Walton and Santa Rosa counties and was formed with the desire of its citizens. The person or politician who promised to get it done was William Maples. He was an entrepreneur from Laurel Hill and the person elected to go to the state legislature to get the job done. He failed in his first year in office, but the next year the legislature allowed a referendum to create Okaloosa County. So the legislature first made Milligan the temporary county seat until voters could select their own seat themselves. So why was the town named Milligan in the first place? And why the legislature chose Milligan as the first county seat was a question that I didn't know. So I reached out to a local North Okaloosa historian, Tracy Curianton, who enlightened me on the subject. One of the factors in it was the fact that they were offered a building. The company, Scotch Manufacturing Company, that had the sawmill there in Milligan offered them a building to use for a temporary courthouse. Yeah, because I guess the whole idea behind having a county seat is someplace where you can do county business and you would need... Right. Yeah. Um. So... Talk, do you, talk a little bit more about the sawmill and the industry that was going on in that area. I imagine it was the same as probably Laurel Hill, but what was what was going on in Milligan in, in that area? Well, I mean, it grew up based on the timber business. That's why there was a town really there in the first place. And um, at the time the county was formed, it was owned by Rufus Milligan. But at the time the county started, it was owned by what was known as Scotch Manufacturing Company. It was a very large mill, and really 
when Rufus Milligan started it, the railroad had not even come through. They would ship logs down the river and go over by water. But within a couple of years, they started the railroad, and then that was a shipping point for them for all the logging and their sawmill to ship out the lumber. Now, I saw some mention, for maybe it was Wikipedia, that said, you know, Milligan was the county seat from 1915 to 1917 when the Yellow River flooded, as if the flooding of the Yellow River had something to do with him not being the county seat. That seemed odd to me. Well, it was played up that way. The flooding in 1917 was not really that big. There was a huge flood later in 1929 that basically wiped out the town and it had to be rebuilt on higher ground. But the newspapers in Crestview that were trying to gain the county seat really emphasized how terrible the flood was and the the county seat was there in Milligan. It was going to flood every year. and There'd be all these problems, and it was just terrible. Huh. And Milligan, in the meantime, was trying to say, oh, these floods are nothing. There's nothing yeah. Tracy told me that there were some recordings at the Baker Block Museum of folks who had lived back in the 1900s and, and on. So I took a drive over there. A number of brick houses. and some... Here's another church, the Milligan. Assembly of God, and now I believe we uh, coming into the area known as Baker. Not exactly sure where the lines are drawn between Baker and Milligan. See some old houses from uh, previous projects. I know some of these houses are at least a hundred years old or more. These are some of the first houses that were existed in the county. A thirty-second drive, and we're already through Milligan. There's a sign, there's a sign there on Highway 90. This is Milligan, first county seat of Okaloosa County. So, they're marked. They're, they're here. Maybe I could say Milligan Matters. I would say Milligan Matters at least to the folks that still live there. Well, to me, Milligan still matters because of the history that it had and the founding and development of this county. The identity started, well, well, with the legislature and Mr. William Maples, but the identity of Okaloosa County was first given to Milligan. And voters decided to make a move. Here we are at the Baker Block Museum. Span is the executive director of the Baker Block Museum. She set me up in front of a computer with some of the recordings. They had digitized some of the old cassettes uh, that had recordings that I believe were recorded in the 1980s. The interviewer was speaking with Milligan resident Alto Roberts. Here are some of the excerpts from those recordings. Uh, what I'm trying to spot in my mind, the, the exact spot of his old home here on, it's called number four now. 
But with, back in those days, we called it the, the Milligan-Andalusia Road. You remember that? Well, then, about how far from Milligan Station here, up this old Milligan-Andalusia Road, was the old Harp home. Can I couldn't tell you about that now. All the one that I knew about the old Harp home was down there in Milligan. You know where the old depot used to be yes, there? Yes, sir, I do. Well, I guess it might have been maybe three or four hundred yards from that back up this way on their side of the road. Miss Kate used to be one of the best, uh, well, we call them restaurants now, mm -hmm. but she ran boarding houses for the uh, for the logging camp. That's right. You remember her? Yeah. Miss Kate could and prepare had... the best meals, and she, the last time that I had any connection with uh, Miss Kate was in the year 1916, when I was in the, the process of leaving Munson and coming back to Pensacola. And going to school, I was dipping turpentine. Did you ever dip, dip turpentine? Yes, sir. Oh, well, you know, you know what a sticky thing it is. <laughs> to get a sense of what it was like living in the early 1900s in North Okaloosa County, listen to Mr. Roberts describe a very interesting incident, I think, involving a panther. Grandpa. And, and his brother, Grandpa, and uh, my granddad's brother, old brother, grabbed the dogs with guns and run down there. And they took the dogs into where he saw him go up the tree and right in, in, the, in the edge of the swamp was tie ties. You know what a tie-tie bush is? I think so. Anyway, it's a, it's a grow. There's where the, the panther had eaten on his fill and he had buried it in the bush. He had shot the deer and eaten all he wanted. And so uh, they put the dogs on his trail and they run him down there creek there, a couple miles or so, and he run up another tree and they killed him. Yeah. You could shoot, you can't shoot that panther now, I'm in state forest. Now I must say that I thought it was unique because we don't have very many panthers. Now, of course we do not condone the killing of panthers, but back in that time it was pretty common it sounds like uh, and and you know possibly the reason why the panthers population was so depleted was uh, for maybe encounters like this but in the 1900s a lot less people around a lot more wildlife but all very interesting to me as a guy with a history podcast i also found an old article when the first murder trial was held in the county in 1916 uh, it was a judge named campbell presided 
The defendant was a man named Albert Mitchell. He had apparently been charged with the 1909 Christmas Day murder of Mark Nixon Mitchell. Albert Mitchell escaped from jail while he was awaiting trial and was found in Texas by the Walton County Sheriff's Office. They held the trial in the newly formed Okaloosa County, and he was found guilty of first-degree murder with a recommendation of leniency for his sentencing. The first election to decide the county seat didn't end in a majority, so a second one was held a month later. And the big railroad powerhouse with media influence, Crestview, was the big winner. Now, I get why Crestview was selected by voters. The railroad ran through there, which meant access to commerce, business, which in turn led to other businesses like restaurants, stores, etc. But I somehow have gotten to liking Milligan, and I somehow feel bad for a little old town. For a brief moment, they were the star. They had a river. They had a railroad nearby. They had a sawmill. What more could you ask for in the early 1900s in Okaloosa County? Well, maybe I'm getting soft. Or you could say the process of becoming a county and forming a county seat got people involved in their own town, their own city, their own county. And I'd like to think that if we held the same election today, people would show their local pride for their town with their presence at the ballot box and cast their vote. Who do you think would win today? This episode was written and recorded by me, April Sarver. Our public information officer is the executive producer. Music is by Jason Shaw on audionautics.com. Special thanks to Ann Spand, director of the Baker Block Museum, and all that they do to preserve our history up there. And thanks also to Tracy Curranton. Thanks for listening. I'll see you around town.